Hello, 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 and welcome <laughs> back to Sinister Sisters. I'm Kat, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Shrimp. Hi! She's back. Last week she was absent. This week she's back. I'm here to grace your ears Ooh. and also your screens. Woo! You're welcome. <laughs> so, today... We're taking a bit of a trip down memory lane. So, I'm going to set the scene for you. Okay. So it's the year 2000. Cool. I was you get up on Saturday morning, you're eating your cereal, and you're watching your Saturday morning cartoons on the couch. And this commercial comes on. Plan a trip to New Orleans for a new kind of fun. Thrilling fun for the whole family. When Jazzland Theme Park opens May 20th, you'll fly, you'll scream, you'll splash. All in Jazzland, America's newest major theme park in New Orleans on I-10 and I-510. Jazzland has six themed areas on 140 acres with 30 awesome rides and spectacular entertainment. Make plans for big fun at Jazzland Theme Park. So that commercial comes on, you're so excited, you live in New Orleans, you love theme parks, and so you beg your parents to buy you a season pass for the low, low cost of $219.96 for your family of four. Christ. Actually, all for four? four people. For all That's four people. Good. That's very good. Uh, for context, a 2023 single day pass to Six Flags Magic Mountain costs about $65. So, Christ. It's, it's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. And so you and your family join the 1.1 million other people who visited Jazzland in its opening season. To me, this commercial and this like scene feels very beautifully nostalgic mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason. Even if Jazzland itself wasn't your local park, there were a lot of theme parks that opened in the late 1990s and early 2000s, including giant names like Disneyland Paris. Six Flags Fiesta Texas, and Legoland in California. For me personally, the theme song to um, the Marineland Park in Niagara Falls mm-hmm. will forever be stuck in my brain, thanks to the aggressive amount of advertising that they did on television for like 10 years with the same commercial. Everyone loves Marineland. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, though, for Jazzland, the park really seemed to be doomed from the get-go. Oh, no. So Jazzland was a 140-acre theme park, and it was located just outside of New Orleans. It was operated by Alpha Smart Parks when it initially opened. Its opening day was on May the 20th of the year 2000. It was located near the intersection of Interstate 10 and Interstate 510 in East New Orleans. This location was ideal for a theme park, as it was found to be on a piece of land that had really good drainage, and it was located over 350 miles away from other existing major theme parks, which meant it had little competition in the area. Between 75 and 80,000 season passes were sold for the opening season, and their grand opening saw a crowd of about 25,000 people. The original park, Jazzland, focused its themes on the culture of New Orleans. So there were sections on jazz music and Mardi Gras, 
and the jazz section actually was sort of like part attraction, part museum, and it focused on on like the history of jazz music. That's cool. Very, yeah. The original themed areas were Mardi Gras, Pontchartrain Beach, Cajun Country, Jazz Plaza, Kids Carnival, and the Good Time Gardens. Mm-hmm. One of the big rides that was used to draw the crowd in was called the Mega Zeph, and it was inspired by the Zephyr Coaster that was at Pontchartrain Beach, which was another New Orleans-based theme park that closed in 1983. So it was really nostalgic for the people of New Orleans. The Mega Zeph was a wooden roller coaster track that was built on a steel frame in order to prevent termite infestation and so that it would be able to withstand hurricane force winds. This construction of a roller coaster is actually fairly unique, and it was intended to serve a unique purpose based on the location of the park. Um, as you probably know, New Orleans sees a lot of hurricane and tropical storm activity based on its location on the Gulf of Mexico. In fact, Louisiana has actually been hit by about 20% of the hurricanes that have made landfall in the United States in the past 170 years. Areas to the... Well, not bad luck, just the location that it is. Um, I guess, yeah. It's like warmer water, I think, and so storms tend to intensify in that area. Areas to the east of New Orleans are generally considered to be at a greater risk of hurricane-related damages, um, just based on their um, land, sea level, height, basically. Other rides at Jazzland included a junior steel coaster called Rex's Rail Runner, a wild mouse steel coaster, a steel shuttle looping boomerang coaster that was called Zydeco Scream. The park also had a log flume, a splash water falls ride, and various other like spinning rides, mer- merry-go-rounds, things like that. Jazzland's 2000 season was really successful, but unfortunately, by the time the park opened in 2002, the park was looking for new owners. In Jazzland's second season, so in 2001, they saw a really huge drop in visitors, with about only 570,000 people visiting the park, which is an almost 50% reduction from the 1.1 million who visited in 2000. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) By March of 2002, Six Flags had purchased the park for $22 million and rebranded it as Six Flags New Orleans. Six Flags then invested a further $20 million to upgrade the park and reopened in April of 2003 under its new name. Six Flags said in a 2002 press release about the purchase of the park, quote, As of today and forevermore, Jazzland is Six Flags New Orleans. Initially, we planned to rebrand the park over the next two years. However, As a result of our growing commitment to the New Orleans region, we chose to accelerate our schedule, increase the rate of capital improvements, and add the Six Flags Park branding for the 2003 season. So Six Flags brought in lots of new naming to the rides themselves and also added some licensed theme areas, 
including a DC Comics superhero adventure area and a Looney Tunes adventure area. They also added a few different roller coasters, including Batman the Ride and the Jester. And they claimed to be bringing in an exciting entertainment lineup, headlined by a Batman-themed water stunt show. Fancy. Yeah. Six Flags continued to make improvements to the park, and they actually had planned to open a water park to open in late 2005. Or sorry, to be announced in late 2005, uh, because Louisiana is extraordinarily hot it was actually sort of weird for there to be a park that didn't also include some water park aspects because the summers were so hot and sticky Mm, gross (laughs) yes very unfortunately for six flags mother nature had um intervened in their plans for these improvements after 2005 Mm. so on august 29th of 2005 Hurricane Katrina made landfall in Louisiana, and it caused massive damage, especially in East New Orleans. The Six Flags Park had closed on August the 21st of 2005 in order to make preparations for the storm, and the park intended to reopen once the storm had passed. As I mentioned earlier, the area where the park was in East New Orleans was much more susceptible to storm damage due to the fact that it is quite far below sea level that area is around 10 feet below sea level and on average the city of new orleans i think sits around six feet below sea level so very very low low lying land yeah hurricane katrina was a category three hurricane just as it hit new orleans and saw peak wind speeds of 125 miles per hour or just over 200 kilometers an hour, which is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, And because New Orleans is below sea level, it has a lot of infrastructure in place in order to prevent major flooding with these storm systems. So there's lots of levees and drain systems in place, including drainage systems and water pumps under the Six Flags Park um, to keep water where it should be. Unfortunately, the levees in New Orleans were breached in over 50 places. And as a result of that, over 80% of the city of New Orleans was flooded. Both businesses and homes were devastated beyond repair, as much of the water sat in the city for several days, and in East New Orleans sat for several weeks even. And because the hurricane was not initially supposed to make landfall in Louisiana, there were many people who were not able to evacuate quickly enough. There are some really terrifying stories of people having to climb up onto the roof of their homes to survive the rising water levels. Um, And there's stories of people actually drowning inside their houses because the water levels were that high. Oh, shit. Yeah. Around 1,500 lives were lost in New Orleans as a result of the tragedy. And unfortunately, a lot of those fatalities disproportionately affected marginalized communities um, who were not able to, you know, just zip out. Um, So, yeah. Um, During the storm, water overflowed and overwhelmed the drainage systems at the Six Flags Park, and it was unable to keep up with the flow of the water which flooded the theme park for the duration of the hurricane itself. 
The park also had its own levee system, but it was more so intended to keep water from the park from overflowing into surrounding areas. So it actually meant that a lot of the stormwater stayed and was not able to flow out of the park. In the aftermath of Katrina, the park was left submerged in six feet of water, which took over a month to leave the park grounds. And because this was stormwater, it was a combination of fresh and salt water, which caused so much damage. Um, salt is really bad for things, especially metal, and, and being sitting in water like that for long periods of time causes a lot of uh, structural damage. So initial reports by Six Flags reported that park buildings, flat rides, and attractions were about 80% destroyed by this long-term saltwater immersion. And it was pretty likely that both the wooden track and the steel structure of the Mega Zeph were damaged beyond repair. Mm -hmm. The only ride in the park that escaped, you know, fairly unscathed was the Batman ride. And this is due to its elevated station platform and a corrosion-resistant support structure. On the 1st of July in 2006... Six Flags announced that it had concluded its damage assessments and declared the park to be an effective total loss, and they had no desire or intent to undertake the prohibitive cost of rebuilding, and they began negotiations with the city of New Orleans to make an early exit from the 75-year lease that they had entered into in 2002. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> 75 Seems years. Yeah, seems like um, that's kind. I don't know if that's common, maybe with um, like big businesses like that, but that just seems like a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. Like sign a ten year lease and then yeah, renew like, it, you know? Or like five years, and then if five years goes well, then you renew for seventy five. But like right off the hop, seventy five yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Wild. Um, so at that time, um, the mayor was called Ray Nagin, and he said that he planned to hold Six Flags to their lease agreement and force them to rebuild. And so if, if they were held to the terms of their lease, Six Flags would have been legally obligated to rebuild the park on the same site to the extent of the insurance money that they received. Six Flags determined that the value of assets destroyed in the storm was about $32 million. And as of September of 2006, they had collected $11 million in insurance proceeds. Also around this time, like prior to the hurricane happening, Six Flags themselves were having um, a rough time, essentially, mm -hmm. with their parks. And the New Orleans park had been one of the least profitable parks in their portfolio. Though the park itself was located in a more affluent neighborhood, the park was originally budgeted to bring in tourists as well from downtown attractions to supplement the city's relatively smaller population base. However, near the time of the storm striking um, Louisiana, Six Flags had already begun to close some of their smaller, less profitable parks, and Hurricane Katrina really cemented that New Orleans was going to be another park that would eventually close permanently. Mm. So middle of December in 2006, Six Flags confirmed that they would be removing Batman the Ride 
and they would be refurbishing it and relocating it to another park. Um, it was eventually reassembled at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, and was reopened under the new name Goliath in April of 2008. In addition to Batman the Ride, Six Flags also removed shade coverings, ride pots, lights, security cameras, planting structures, and various other salvage salvageable items. Other rides were also later removed, including the Bayou Blaster and Sonic Slam, which were taken to Six Flags Great Escape in New York, and the Roadrunner Express, which was removed in 2009 and taken to Six Flags Magic Mountain in California. Six Flags continued to fight with their insurers up until 2009 to settle for damages in the park. Um, and also in 2009, they were able to negotiate with the city of New Orleans to exit their lease. So they were no longer on the hook to finish rebuilding the park. Nice. Since that time, it sort of seems like this area is um, a bit cursed. Um, it's had plans for redevelopment proposed many, many times and announced and promised many, many times all of which have fallen through. Um, that also included um, a variety of other theme parks and um, also a shopping mall, things like that. So kind of a, a variety of different things were proposed for the site, um, but nothing has ever, ever stuck. Right now it's pretty regularly used by urban explorers and in movie making. There are actually some really excellent urban exploration videos of the park that I'm going to make a playlist of. So I'll put a link for that in bios and Instagram thing as well. So you can check them out. They're really interesting because, because it was essentially abandoned. It sits very much as it did. Weird. Like as it had just closed down the sign outside I think still now says closed for storm. Weird. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a really good documentary about the whole situation by Bright Sun Films. And I watched it on uh, Plex, I think, for, for free. So you can check that out. You can also rent it through like iTunes and stuff, but has some really cool footage of recently in the park. Anyway, some films that have been filmed at the park are Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Jurassic World, and Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters. So I can see, I'll see if I can include some clips in here as well of that. So as of 2021, the area has been promised to a redevelopment firm called Bayou Phoenix and what they originally planned for the site was to build a water park a sports complex retail center and a film studio although it seems that these plans are not coming to fruition as of you know early 2023 there's been a lot of tension between the redevelopment firm and the city of New Orleans the city themselves released a statement saying quote the city remains committed to working with Bayou Phoenix to recognize the dream of a completely developed and economically healthy former Six Flags site. Although we 
are encouraged by the cooperation displayed by all invested partners and stakeholders. The City of New Orleans will not waver in its commitment of development of a development project that is transparent, accountable, and is in the best interest and the utmost benefit to the people of New Orleans. Um, and they essentially, during a meeting kind of on this on the topic of the redevelopment, said that this most recent project was dead in the water, essentially. So um, yeah, who Not knows? Ideal. What, yeah, who knows what will come of it, but it um, really is harming the residents of East New Orleans. Um, so in the documentary that I watched, there was actually a gentleman who said that his property values of his home in the neighborhood are lower than they were in 2005. The neighborhood of East New Orleans or the area of New East New Orleans essentially was abandoned for many years following the hurricane. The city put a lot of its focus on rebuilding in the downtown and those kind of like touristy areas like the French Quarter. And the hospital in that area in, in East New Orleans was closed as a result of damage from Katrina and was not reopened until 2014. Jesus. So if you needed the hospital, you had to drive 20 minutes. Which is crazy in a major metropolitan area. Not that weird in, you know, Canada, where everything's really spread out. But, um, you know, you would expect to be able to access a hospital if you live in the city. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I guess we'll see what ends up happening with the redevelopment. New Orleans residents seem pretty skeptical about any project that is proposed, especially after the amount of promises that they have already received. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully something can be done with the site. It's really sad to see a place that would have formerly been filled with so much joy yeah. be abandoned and filled mm-hmm. with um, graffiti and oh. alligators. <laughs> well, maybe the alligators are having fun. Maybe. Um, um, did you find out what happened to any of the like artifact things in the museum area, like the jazz part? No, I didn't a- say anything. I guess there's a strong chance it was taken out when they knew that it was coming. I don't think so. Um, From the videos that I've seen, the the exploration videos, it really looks like they didn't intend to be gone for very long. Like there's entire filing cabinets worth of, you know, employee data. The calendars are still up on the wall. Uh, Schedules are Mm. still up on the walls. Uh, employee. Like none of that's really that important. Yeah, but, like, but it cool. It jazz just, shit. Pretty cool. Yeah, it just looks like they walked away and intended on coming back mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. Essentially, it must be weird, like to go there and like coffee cups still on desks and stuff. Yeah, that's really weird. weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll send you um, some of the videos too. You can look at them because yeah. I think you'll enjoy them. I think also Sinister Mum would really enjoy them as well. Yeah, um, we should send them to Sinister Mum. Yeah, there's something Sinister about. Mom, tell us if you like it. <laughs> yeah, um, there's something about abandoned places that really fascinate me. Yeah, but they're kind of in a creepy sad. way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's not difficult, especially when things are just walked away from like that to imagine, you know, the, the, um, yeah. the amazingness that would have been there previously. So yeah, yeah that very is interesting. Really wild. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for me. There will be probably a pretty extensive case file for this episode. So go and check that out on our Instagram um, account, which is at sinistersisters.podcast. You can watch the video versions of our episodes as well on YouTube at Sinister Sisters Podcast. Follow us on TikTok, also at Sinister Sisters Podcast. Although I feel like we have not posted very often on that recently. We haven't. So... A while. I should get on that. That's my job. Maybe I'll make a, a TikTok up for this episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can send us emails and you know connect with us through our email address at um, sinistersisterspod at gmail.com. And we have a case request form kicking around here as well. So let us know if there's something specific that you'd like us to cover. Yeah, I'm interested in doing some more covering of these sort of like liminal spaces. Um, so maybe we'll we'll see a few more episodes like that. Um, basically, something that's like stuck between the past and the future, like some an area that's just like in a holding pattern, essentially. Oh. So, like abandoned malls and things like that. Fair enough. Very interesting mm-hmm. to me, anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, friends, or for watching. And uh, we'll catch you on Tuesday for a new true crime episode. Bye. Bye.